Na... 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 Naga... No. Uh-huh. Please. Michael... Bolton? That's me. Wow, is that your real name? Yeah. <clears throat> so are you related to that singer guy? No, it's just a coincidence. Oh. But no one in this country can ever pronounce my name right. It's, it's not that hard, David. Yeah, well, at least your name isn't Michael Bolton. You know, there's nothing wrong with that name. There was nothing wrong with it until I was about 12 years old and that no-talent ass clown became famous and started winning Grammys. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Welcome, Hammer Pants, to Geek Salad episode 192. Uh, <laughs> oh, good lord. Triangle Man hates Hammer Man. I'm Andy. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we are talking about the hits of 1990. We have uh, crossed again. the Rubicon again. Yes. So uh, not to give too, too, to pull the curtain too far back. This is week two of our COVID-19 isolation. And last week, uh, or a week ago today, actually, we tried to record this episode um, the only way we knew how in a lot of different parts, and it didn't work. So we're doing it again. So hopefully the jokes will land a little better with everybody. I think we worked out our issues. So the music of 1990. (laughs) I have many issues. Oh, I, I take I take many, many exceptions with many things on here. But uh, but Catherine's husband, also Joe, uh, contributed, which we'll hear from him in just a little bit. <laughs> and unlike last week, Catherine, I did listen to it this time. What you think? Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. So as we usually do when we do these, uh, we cover the uh, the Billboard number one hits of the year. Uh, followed by some of our favorite singles. And then, because this is always a two-part episode, we are going to then cover our favorite albums of the year 1990. Uh, Now, if you're wondering why we're going to be lacking in oh-so-many drops, uh, outside of the copyright issues, which I just... Mike, I just got a notification from 1989 that that we got a copyright flag today. I saw it, yeah, one year later. One year later. What song was it? Do you remember? I, I don't know. Any of them could really. It all they all just blend together. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, we are only going to do sound drops. Quite honestly, for songs that you might not be completely familiar with, because I got to be honest with you, I li- I I was an adult uh, during 1990, and I don't remember half of these songs because they almost all blend together. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The ones so that, you know, we all listened to and liked. Right. Exactly. They're all, they're all unique and distinct. Yes, and they're also few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. Uh, starting off the year, two weeks at number one. Songs from 1989, shouldn't even count. But Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise. Yeah, I, we talked about this one last year. 
Yep. Heavy is the hand that sings the song about homeless people in the late late eighties. <laughs> okay, that brings us on to three weeks at number one. Michael Bolton with "How am I supposed to live without you?" <laughs> After I've been loving you so long. The man, <laughs> the man Michael, has he, the man is a parody of himself. Let's let's admit it. But you know what? The theaters of beauty. Can't believe the guy auditioned for Black Sabbath. My God! But oh, that—that's <laughs> just like uh, Steve Winwood actually being the potential lead singer for uh, for Led Zeppelin. <laughs> true story and something that galls Jim Ethier to this day. Um, with, with with good reason. <laughs> you do oh, know that on. Mike is a huge Winwood fan. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Come on, we need a higher love here. Oh God, <laughs> stop that. But um. Yeah. As long Catherine, as Valerie calls on me. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> Catherine, to your point about him being... Was it, Catherine, you, you said it was a parody of himself? Or was no, it I said he was You a said parody. that, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know I mean, the let's, thing is, though, let's remember, this is, this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tale of Tony Montana. <laughs> Big time drug lord with mountains of coke. <laughs> this whole town's a pussy. Just wait to get fucked. I love that oh song. My goodness. Yeah. I. You know what? I. I'm not a fan at all of his music, but I applaud that he's at least in on the joke. Yeah. 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 He's the illegitimate love child of Kenny G and Air Supply. Oh God. <laughs> why? Why? Why you gotta go there? Why you gotta go there? Because. All right. Least- Okay. Um, all right. Three weeks at number one. Paula Abdul with, wait, this can't be right. The Wild Pair? No, that should, Opposite that should, attract. That should be the MC Scat Cat. I take it easy. Baby, I get a fair. She's got the money. And he's always broke. I don't like cigarettes. Oh my god you know it's just like the it's just like the opening of the teenage mutant ninja turtles where the most 90s thing to ever come out of the 90s happened in the first three months of 1990 <laughs> here's your pop here's your here's your pop star singing along with a cartoon rap cat uh, you're not wrong there andy i love it's, that one though Oh, my God. It's just this harkens back to, like, the commercials of the early 90s. It just like just the Saturday morning cartoons of nothing but like juice boxes and fruit roll ups. I don't know why this is just getting blended in there with that type of like bombast and animation. (sighs) Yes, I use the word. I love the word bombast. That's my favorite Paul Abdul song. It's not a bad song. I have to say I, I, I love straight up mainly because. It actually is kind of badass compared to most of her other stuff, but I can understand. I, pardon me for saying this, Mike. I can understand the novelty of this song. I understand completely why people love this song. I'm honestly, I'm just not a fan, but that's just me. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, that's that's okay. 
I mean, I had a, I had a huge crush on Paula Abdul, but of course, why, Joe. Why, Hashtag why dancer's body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she trained the Laker girls. Yeah, yes, I, I, she I did. Think, and Janet every, Jackson. That too. I think that every too. straight male above puberty at that time had a crush on Paula Abdul. I think it was a requirement. Oh, that that actually could be very very pop, possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another three weeks at number one. You know, it's amazing. Oh, you know why? I'm like looking, I'm trying to do the math mentally in my head here. There's like, there's a whole lot of like heavy hitters and then a whole bunch of one week wonders. Yeah. So uh, number three, uh, sorry, number one for three weeks, Janet Jackson with Escapade. I'm sorry, Escapade. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine, you brought this one up last year, actually, because Rhythm Nation was like one of your albums from last year. Yeah, but I don't remember this song. Really? Yeah. I, okay. Well, you can't, you can't, like, I knew somebody that actually had the, what, 20-minute mini-movie. Yeah. And I, but I don't know this person anymore. I haven't seen it since high school, so I don't remember much. I just remember, like, the, the main song and, the, and, and everything. Hmm. And you also, um, I, I do remember you mentioning that last year, too, that it's still not available on YouTube in any yeah. form. What's up with the Jacksons in making music videos into, like, full-length movies? It, it was just, well, did Jermaine do one of these? <laughs> did Marlon or Jackie do one? Because I know Janet did one. I know Michael did one. Hey, did Reeve do, did if, Reeve do one? If Tito didn't do one, then it, there was a crime against humanity. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Jackson 5 are a crime against humanity, Mike. Come on. Uh, Joe come beat on, Michael ABC. so bad, he beat the black off of him. Oh! Oh! All right. Yeah, and with that, two weeks at number one, um, Alana Miles with Black Velvet. Black Velvet and a little boy smile. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Joe. That couldn't have been Mike. That, that had no, to have that been was, you. That, that was me. Dude, that was, that was a fantastic falsetto. Thank yeah, you. Um, it was. Yeah, my falsetto song... was a lot more um, raw. <laughs> a song known primarily for its bass line. <laughs> and that's pretty much it but you know what though the thing is though, I, I would see her fitting in really well with like those like the Natalie Imbruglia type of artists of the late 90s you know just like you, you have like these one or two hits you're not mm-hmm. exactly Lilith you're, you're like you're, 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 stage Lilith yeah, I was gonna say, you're Lilith you're Lilith fair B or C stage you're not yeah you're not main but, you know but Paula, you're opening for Paula Cole, is what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So many 90s references, and they all just fit so neatly together. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, we're Since, just opening that book right now, too. Oh, my God. So, actually, while we're on the topic of the 90s and 90s-isms and stuff like that, what do you consider to be the most 90s thing you've ever done? Oh, I wore T-shirts with flannel. All right. Mike? Um, I don't know. I was in the country in the 90s, so. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's well, kind of 90s. So, so was my mother. Yeah, there you I, go. There was, a whole, yeah. there was a whole thing with uh, people getting into country at that time. I, I went to a country concert wearing a uh, cowboy hat. Oh, okay. Oh. Does that work? Does that count? <laughs> well, you, considering how far north you are, yeah, that does count. Joe! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Most of the '90s were a blur for me. They were, they were <laughs> for the best too, but 
You don't, you don't have like one standout moment of that. Like this is the most '90s thing you've ever done. Well, I started, I started wearing. That's when I start really started wearing Doc Martens. It was in the '90s. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I bought I bought my Doc Martens in uh, Oxford, England. I still have oh. them. They're still comfortable as anything. Nice, nice. I um, I my saw Doc a concert. Martens, my coworkers. <laughs> I saw a concert at the former Great Woods um, with uh, special opening guest Cracker. It was uh, the Gin Blossoms opening for the Spin Doctors. Wow. That is, yeah. That's and I think in the very same day, I bought a bottle of CK1. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty 90s, Andy. That's pretty that is, 90s. That, that is way 90s. You guys yeah, know me by now. If I'm asking a question like this, you know I've got an answer. <laughs> <laughs> you will, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I wore, I wore a T-shirt and flannel. A lot, you know, that was my that was my go to. I wore T-shirts and then if it was cold, I'd throw a flannel on over it. And I had a boyfriend who was like, oh, oh, you're Gen X. Oh, this is not good. And you know what? We should have taken that as a sign and broken up and spared ourselves a whole lot of of time. Oh, boy. (laughs) I you know, Catherine, I did some of the flannel, but my primary thing was I was doing the Kurt Cobain thing with like the T-shirt and the wool cardigan. (laughs) Oh, Andy, no one can do uh, hold my beer. Better than you can. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's actually not a hold. That's not a hold my beer. That's a. This is on. This is on par with. Well, it's like no, so. but I mean, you you ask a question and then we got all give our answers and you're like, hold my beer. I got something <laughs> to <topic." laughs> I lost my virginity to the, to nope, the disintegration nope, nope, by the nope, cure. Nine inch nails. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, move on here. <laughs> Continuing with the countdown, one week at number one, Love Will Lead You Back by Taylor Dane. Proof that she had more than one hit, but I genuinely only remember her other hit. This woman must have had very, very long fingernails because she was clinging to the side of the earth from which she fell off of. (laughs) Yeah, I I do not remember this song. No. Maybe if I played it, I'd know it, but it just doesn't. Yeah, I most of these one weekers I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and there's bunches. There's bunches. Yeah. All right, one week at number one, Tommy Page. I'll be your everything. Yep. Except for a song that I know. Now that we're together at last. We shouldn't think about our problems in the past. Takes a miracle to find. I guess that I've been blessed because I've got you by my side. And I'll be your lover. And I'll be your best friend. Yeah, I got nothing. Oh, this is yeah. I don't. I don't quite get this one. Um. All right, moving on. One of the big hitters of the year. Four weeks at number one. Sinead O'Connor with nothing compares to you. Oh, there were so many girls in my class that were so into Sinead O'Connor and loved this song and loved Sinead's like nonconformity. Nothing can stop these lonely tears from 
Yeah. And <laughs> you, at this point, though, you got to admire that because it was still pop music was still very cookie cutter. I mean, obviously, I mean, the way we're talking about a lot of these pop songs, it's like they all kind of blend together into just like one gelatinous cube that's just going to. I just watched Onward, so uh, it's yeah, going <laughs> to. <laughs> but. Gelatinous like, cube. I'm saying this is sounding awfully familiar. Yeah. But Sinead was like, she was in her own thing, which, you know, I admired a lot. Catherine, I know you admired it a lot. Um, well, she was she was definitely, you know, to, to you know, you say it's a cliche, but she was definitely way ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, almost, um, you could almost say by 20, 25 years, she was way, way ahead of her time. I mean. If if she was a new a fresh new artist nowadays, I don't think anybody would really bat an eye. No, not at all. But because she came out in a time when it wasn't cool to be outspoken, to ha- kind of like have opinions and let them be known, um, you know, she had this amazing summer in 1990 and then fell off the face of the planet until she tore up the Pope's uh, picture a few years later on SNL. Right, but. Again, she came too soon. We, you know, we talked about Lilith Fair uh, a little earlier, and she would, you know, if she had brought these songs out then, she'd be a headliner. She'd be an absolute headliner. Yeah, yeah. You know, pushing Joan Osborne off the stage and being like, <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> this is my time. And this song is beautiful. I know it's, it's, a, it's a Prince song, but yeah, it's and I tough, love it. I nice. love it's Prince, like but her song is this version is so much better. Yeah. All right. So next up, three weeks at number one. Up, oh, boys, <laughs> get the club music going. It's Vogue by Madonna. the video of her voguing it up in her bathroom during this whole uh COVID nineteen. Oh, she did not, did she? I'm avoiding that only because she, like I was I saw a lot of stuff on Facebook that's like what happened to her face? I'm like the same thing that happened to Renee Zellweger's face. Yeah. No, I wanted I wanted to see it because uh Weird Out poked phone at it. Going, oh. yeah, it's not that easy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I this song, you played this song, and every gay man within a five-mile radius is up on their feet. Their arms are moving, and, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's there, that there was, song. There was a guy in the literary magazine, Scott Richards, in high oh, school. Scott. Yeah, well, that, yep. that well, knew yeah. all the moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> 
Yeah, this was a big one um, when I was in Lewisburg. Uh, my friend Michael was just like, it would just come on and he would just get like this look in his eyes like the dinner bell had been rung. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a really good song. I know, Catherine, we're going to be talking a lot more about the album from whence this came. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I enjoy this song. I, I think for most Madonna fans this is one of their like. I think it's probably say one of their top five favorite Madonna songs. Oh, it's, 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 it, this is the song that made, made her the queen of the gays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is no denying that. Okay. Intimate or speaking. Sure. <laughs> you know, to be, to be, to, to be, to be a little uh, politically incorrect. She is, she is the lead fag hag for, <laughs> because of this song. At least in the early 90s, because as of last week, every gay friend I have on Facebook was like, yeah, no, stop. Really? Really? She's gone out of style? No way. She went out of style a while ago. And I don't know if it's when she started getting the the creepy. I don't know if it's when she started getting the creepy golem arms or she just started collecting babies or or something. Or the the fake English accent that came out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but back maybe, in the '90s, she was she was definitely. I did actually in my costuming class. We had I had a a guy that was a drag queen actually, and he specialized in Madonna. Ah, and he was really good at it. Like he showed us some of his some of his pictures, and even though like he's a mulatto male, you can't tell the difference. He was awesome. Nice. All right, let's move on. One week at number one. Hold on by Wilson Phillips. Love this song. This is a one-week wonder that I actually know. Right. And <laughs> it's, it's weird, too. Power. This is their – would you say this, Mike, because, you know, you meant, mentioned you love this song. Would you mm-hmm. consider this to be their biggest hit, like, in uh, terms of just overall recognizability? Oh, well, I, absolutely, yeah. I, I was actually uh, at uh, Disney World one time, at like, during the uh, Food and Wine Festival, and they were they were the, one of the artists that playing during that time, and – this was a song that pretty much everyone started singing along to. Interesting. Keep talking. I moved away from the microphone, so I'd grab a beer. <laughs> well, I'd finished talking, so, but hold on. <laughs> I'll never forget. Do you, have you seen uh, Harold and Kumar? The yes. first one? Yep. No. 
when they find like the the badasses that uh, have been terrorizing them the entire movie, and um, they find like these awesome mixtapes, like these road tapes, and it's all like Wilson Phillips songs and <laughs> Ace of Base. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, it's, it's hilarious because they just like cut to them and they're just both, like they're they're doing the someday somebody's gonna turn around and make say goodbye. Oh, God, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. All right. Two weeks at number one. It must have been love by Roxette. I love this song. Well, I mean, I love Roxette in general. I love all of their song, all their hits. Yeah. This is this is a very pretty song. Um, you know, for a band that had like a whole bunch of hits all in like one lump, mm. this at least sticks out. You know, I, I can actually I hear I hear that and I can hear her singing in her phonetic English. Um, he must have been in love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on! She's, she sings a page. She sings a lot better than you do, Andy. Come on! I, yeah, she does. She does. Yeah, she does. It's not in my there, register, there's, though. There's no hint of a Scandinavian. No, None. She sings it. No. But it, it is a very pretty song. Yeah. Not my favorite of theirs, but definitely up there, and probably my top five. Okay. Um, all right, three weeks at number one, Step by Step by New Kids on the Block. <laughs> uh, I think this is the end of their reign of terror. Yes, it was. <laughs> but was but wouldn't wouldn't it wouldn't it be the the wasn't the uh the start of uh Donnie's or Marky Mark's uh reign of terror begin after, pretty soon after this? Oh god, I think ninety. Oh, crime and I think late ninety one was late ninety one, early ninety two was when Mackie Mac and the Funky Bunch yeah came out. Say, he'd already he'd it. already curb stomped that guy. So um, let's face it, Marky Mark was good, but the Funky Bunch—that's where your money was. Yeah, <laughs> that's where the money shot is. What I hear about um when when New Kids on the Block were huge and Dennis Miller was funny. Um, <laughs> there was, oh, yeah, yeah, so I went there. Ago. Yeah, yeah was, exactly. Over 30 years, in fact. But when he's talking about, he's talking about Don Wahlberg, he's like, you know, when he shows up at his, his motorcycle with his shitty nanny goat scruff and his, his ponytail. <laughs> and he just wants to let you know that he's a motorcycle guy in a moped band. <laughs> <laughs> he was the That's bad what... rebel one. Now I have to spend every New Year's Eve watching him suck face with uh, Jenny McCarthy at the uh, oh. the very beginning of the year. Just just as an aside, just as an aside, have you guys seen uh, uh, the uh, his latest movie on Netflix, the Spencer for uh, remake or reboot, whatever it is? No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, my um my coworker is like he's actually really interested in it because he loves uh, Spencer for hire. It is. It is Ugh. apparently, from what I understand, it is the most most Boston movie that ever Bostoned. Really, it what? makes out like, like the like town there's, there's, and Wonderland. There's like a scene. Apparently, there's a scene where he he and this chick are going at it in a bathroom, and she yells out, "Go socks!" <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! It's a Boston movie written by people who didn't who haven't spent a mm-hmm. minute in Boston. Yeah, but, when was the last time Mark Wahlberg's lived in Boston for in a regular basis? What, 30, 40 fucking years ago? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, he shows up every once in a while the grand opening of another Wahlburgers. Yeah, <laughs> right? 
Do you know uh, who play? Do you know who I'm fucking Hawk authentic in? now? Who, do you know who, who plays Hawk in it? Who? Who? Winston Duke. Who? Really? Yeah. Mbaku. Mbaku. From uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of hope. See, I've read, I've read like every Spencer novel, and I own a lot of them. I didn't watch a lot of Spencer for Hire, but but the original Hawk looked more Hawk-like than than Winston Duke. But maybe I could see it. Well, the original Hawk was uh was um Captain Cisco. Yeah, this Cisco. was Captain Cisco. And yeah, yeah but he's, he's always described as being like a panther. You know, he's yeah. live. And that's not a that's not a a racist thing on on uh, Robert B. Parker's part because he describes everybody in those kind of terms, not yep. just not just that one guy. <laughs> All right, moving on. Two weeks at number one. Glenn Medeiros featuring Bobby Brown. She ain't worth it. Otherwise known as Please Bobby. I need a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Brown. Bobby, Bobby B. B. I. <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> it's just you know again I, you know, i'll say this you know 25 years ago you couldn't have paid me to say that bobby brown would have been the last man standing <laughs> oh oh and i'm not I'm, honestly i'm not saying that to be mean i'm just like this dude is going to die and he is going to die young and it's going to not surprise anybody and he's like it's 2020 right now. It's been over 30 years since his first hit. He's still alive. Yes, he is. Somehow. <sighs> yep. He survived this pandemic at the rate he's going. Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Him and Keith Richards. <laughs> and Betty White. So don't forget Betty White. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't you dare fucking endanger Betty White. All right. Four weeks at number one. Mariah Carey, Vision of Love. It begins. Oh, God. Oh, God. The the reign of terror of Miss Mariah. Yeah, new kids new kids are out. Mariah's in with the reign I, of terror. I all right. So just like with Whitney Houston, and I, I just I can I can appreciate the talent, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's just she. There's always been something about her that doesn't feel genuine at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like. Every time she made appearances at award shows, she's the, she's just like the prom queen princess who, when mm-hmm. she doesn't win, she, she makes a little pouty face. And I, I just, I never, I never got the appeal to the extent that it went with her. Yeah. When I'm listening to a Mariah Carey song, I'm never sure if that's actually the song or if I just have tinnitus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not, I... Like I can't even appreciate the talent. I'm like, eh. eh. Don't don't like it. Don't like yeah. it a bit. Yeah. And you know, but here here's the thing. She can't. This this was the era for her to break out in. Mm. You know, had she come out like two like a year or two later, probably not yeah. as big. Yeah. Ni- 1990 was such a kind of a weird year, transitional year for music. It really oh, was. You, wait, till, wait till you get into the early ni- early 91. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where do we talk about that? So, all right. Number one. Well, sorry. Number one for one week. Uh, if Wishes Came True by Sweet Sensation. I know Chris from Chris's Cultural Corner is a, is a fan of this song, but yep. I couldn't pick this song out of a lineup. 
I, I, no, I, I have, I have no recollection of this song whatsoever. I got uh, nothing. Yeah. All right. One week at number one. John Bon Jovi with "Blaze of Glory." Yeah, <laughs> of course it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> how much do you think it it chaps the ass of the members of Bon Jovi that they still have to play? They probably play this song live. Like it's a for, because, it's a it's a for Richie Sambora. Except for Richie, what, what does he do? Just like, walk off and just like fuck this. I'm not doing it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> no, he just he's, like, just, he's, he's probably like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm I'm married to Heather Locklear. Fuck this shit. <laughs> is he still married to Heather Locklear though? I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> he, he probably just sits in the back faking everything. <laughs> oh God, I I I just don't know. I just don't know. It's. I mean, this is even just like kind of like. B level Bon Jovi to begin with. Yeah. So this is not. But it is. But it is the only. But it is the only lasting legacy of Young Guns too. So that's that is very true. Oh my God, that is (laughs) true. Words could not have been spoken, Joe. Seriously. (laughs) So all right. Uh, Okay, two weeks at number one. Release me by Wilson Phillips. Which I guarantee, if you sing it in your head, you you immediately bleed into "Hold On." Probably. Yeah, you you are you are correct, sir. <laughs> it's kind of ironic that this one has two weeks. "Hold On" has one week, but who Hold remembers is, this song versus who remembers "Hold On"? Yeah, right. "Hold On" is a way more popular song. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's one of the things we've discovered doing the show is the fact that the things that were popular at the time. Are not as d- didn't have the staying power like movies and music. A lot of the time we find like whatever was number one or won the Oscars or won the Grammys, nobody cares about it now. But some of the things that lost, we love still. Yeah. Well, that's that's absolutely true. And yeah, it's just again, hold on is 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 like the lead single every time you put on their best of. Yep. If you ask somebody to sing a you know you're playing a board game and it's like sing a Wilson Phillips song. <laughs> You go with hold on. You don't go with release me. What yeah. games do you play, man? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm just making an example. One week at number one. Uh, parenthesis, I can't live without your, end parenthesis, love and affection by Nelson. Not to be confused with Def Leppard's love and affection, which right, is a exactly. way better song. Oh it is a way better song. Oh, my God. You want to start seeing the neutering of of hair metal or just the hair genre in general are now aren't they related to like ricky nelson or they were his sons are they they, oh. well, oh they are his sons he's dead they're not right <laughs> um it's uh this song is just it's such it's this early 90s high school pablum really yeah but yeah you know, you got your you got your electric acoustics out there, and you got them in there. You know, their leather dusters and bleach blonde hair. Ble- oh, iron! Th- their hair was iron flat. <laughs> you know, you got the and they're twins, so you can't tell them apart. But yeah, this song. Oh, did did even, they do the thing where they dress the same? Not that I can recall. Okay. Um. So it's one straight for them. This was one of those. This was a love it or hate it song when it was popular. 
Like uh-huh. I remember a lot of people, and it mainly it was like just you know the regular hair metal dirtbags that you know we all we all know and love who hated this song, but like you know the girls that were still wicked into White Snake at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Three years later. <laughs> All right, one week at number one, Maxi Priest, close to you. Um, it's no idea. not coming anywhere close to my uh, my uh, recollections. Not mine. Nope. nope. Not a clue. All right, one Moving week on. at number one. All right, one week at number one, George Michael, praying for time. I find it odd that this is his only number one hit of the year because I remember Freedom 90 being everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, have, I can barely, I barely remember this song, so. I have no recollection of the song. I got nothing. Nope. All right. Um. All right. One week at number one, James Ingram. I don't have the heart. I legitimately thought this song came out in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> and I can understand why. It sounds like that era of R&B. It's just like, you, you couldn't tell me the song came out in the 90s on an album that was released in 1990. It's yeah. just, how? How is the song so new? I got nothing. All right. <laughs> okay. One week is number one. Moving right along. Oh, and that's pretty much what we're going to be doing for a moment. But we are going to have to park it for just a second after this song, though. Janet Jackson, Black Cat, one week at number one. Guitars by Hudson, Massachusetts' own Nuno Betancourt of Extreme. (laughs) Good for them. Which which we need to be reminded of at every moment. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was 1990. No one would shut the fuck up about Extreme. And Hudson's own Nuno Betancourt. Yep, exactly. I live in Hudson now. We went for a walk outside today on the rail trail where everybody practiced physical distancing. And we had a, uh, at our, at our, what, 150th anniversary of the town's founding, they put up a board with like a whole bunch of painting and Nuno is on there. Of course I he waved is. hi to him. I'm like, we're going to talk about you later tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yet, yet Hugo from Tantric isn't on there and I grew up with him. <laughs> I thought these guys were Creed. They're just opening <laughs> for them. <laughs> opening All for right. Creed or opening for a Creed cover band? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I, I saw that as a joke once. Uh, Tantric was like, announces, now opening for Creed on their tour. I thought they were Creed. <laughs> <laughs> In your life, I see the breakdown. All right. One week at number one. It astounds me this was only f- uh, number one for one week. Vanilla Ice, Ice, oh. Ice, Baby. One oh. week, one week on the hit on the hit charts forever in our hearts. Oh my oh. god, <laughs> Mike, really? Pursuing to the next stop, I bust a left and I'm heading to the next block. The block was dead, yo, so I continued to A1A. Girls were hot, wearing less than bikinis. Rock men lovers, driving Lamborghinis. Jealous, cause I'm out getting mine. Shade with the gauge and vanilla with the nine. Ready for 
the chumps on the wall. The chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. Gunshots ranged out like a bell. I grabbed my nine, all I heard was shells falling on the concrete real fast. Jumped in my car, slammed on the gas. Bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed. I'm trying to get away before the jack is jacked. Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, could run it all the dope means. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. When you go back and you Perhaps listen to the song now, mind. and when you listen to the song with headphones on, what an absolutely shitty song. <laughs> I mean, when it came out in well, 1990, full disclosure, okay? Full disclosure, this wasn't my brand of vodka in 1990. I was going to hate it regardless. But when I go back now with a little bit of sense of nostalgia, and you go back and you listen to it, it fucking sucks. <laughs> the lyrics in this thing are so awful yes they are and it's just like it's just like this you, we, we're, we're donning this era of hip-hop where it's not so much about the, the the stuff that you're singing about more than how amazing you are good sir and by you good sir i mean mr robbie van winkle <laughs> now, now hold on we we just need to stop collaborate and listen all right oh no oh no <laughs> We all right. So yesterday I was on a conference call and I was doing we have this this like inner inner work uh, chatter called um, Jabber. I don't know if any of you guys use it or not, but I was I was like just you know, yeah. jabbering back and forth with one of my um, the, the guys on my team. And we're, we're just like this. This call is just going on forever. <clears throat> and she had made a. Um, she had made a reference about something. And the my coworker Ryan's just like, man, you must be biting your lip right now. I'm like, I'm down. I I am I am tasting blood right now. <laughs> and then she said, okay, now for the next slide, stop, collaborate, and listen. What a great song! I love that song. And I type right back to uh, Ryan. I'm like, we are gonna shit on that song tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> I personally um, prefer prefer the version of this song done by David Bowie. Oh yeah, exact. Oh God. <laughs> the interviews of of, of Vinyl Ice 1990-1991 are a thing of beauty because he is genuinely ignorant to, A, how lucky he is. Because they did, like, this MTV hip-hop thing, and someone's like, what do you say when people say you're the, you're the Elvis of rap? No, nah, man, I ain't Elvis of nothing. I'm Vanilla Ice. <laughs> God. Uh uh-uh, uh, that ain't the same thing. This goes ding 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 ding. Mine goes ding 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 ding. Ain't the same thing. Right. <laughs> so sad. Uh, no, one, no, wonder yeah. make, no wonder he has to make a living flipping houses. Well, he wasn't going to make money in music because Suge Knight held him by his, his uh, ankles above like a 30 <laughs> story building in LA in 1991. And At he was least he to do so. <laughs> At least he has Ninja Turtle money coming in. Oh god! Oh, no, god. No, I forgot it. he. Oh, I forgot he did the turtle soundtrack. Ninja, ninja rap. Oh god! It's just like last year's. Uh, like. It, it's just like with the new kids on the on the, on the block. We're rough. No, <laughs> stop. All right, three weeks at number one. Hey, look, it's Miss Mariah again with "Love Takes Time." And there goes my ears ringing again. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I honestly, Are you sure that's was, not the blood pouring out, Mike? Uh, not not this time, no. So when <laughs> when Autumn and I um, we Autumn and I were st- we were dating. It was like we were together for like a year or two. We'd gone to the beach and we got a couple of like magazines and stuff to read on the beach because you know pre smartphone and everything. Yeah. And she got a Cosmopolitan magazine. And she's reading these this thing, and it's like this letter to the editor about you know bad bad examples of meeting famous people. And this woman wrote in saying that I, I met Mariah Carey, and by met Mariah Carey, I was in the ladies' room in a club. This big bouncer comes in and says, "Everybody needs to leave. Miss Mariah has to tinkle." <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> I'm not surprised, but that is awful. Yeah, exactly, and it's just that's why I refer to her as Miss Mariah because she has to tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one week at number one. Oh, hey, stranger, Whitney Houston, I'm your baby tonight. Good song. Okay, not my favorite uh, of Whitney's, but good song. This is this is like this is the quiet before the storm that would come two years later. Yeah, and you know the song I'm talking about. I don't even oh. have to mention it by name. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And closing out the month of December with four weeks at number one. What the fuck? Stevie B, because I love you, parentheses, the postman song, and parentheses. How did this what song we- last four weeks? Because I can't remember it for the life of me. All I can I remember know- is how shitty the chorus is. Like, yeah, we we I got no idea. Did like was anybody like listening to the radio? <laughs> was something else going on? What was know. happening in December? You know, it was right before it was right before the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. No, so it was during. No, it was no, it was no, it was during the Gulf War. Uh, no, ninety one. It was it was like January, February ninety one no. that the Gulf War kicked in. Well, the suppose uh, it Desert Shield at this time. Yeah, because I was living with uh, James and his parents because my mom was in Saudi Arabia at the time. Ah, okay, okay. So, but still, oh my God, this song! I I yeah, like I said, I don't remember. I have no recollection. So we were we were all watching CNN. Yeah, exactly. We were all gathering. We were all gathering around the library watching CNN. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, yeah they had the, they had a television showing CNN, which was like brand new. Uh, right outside the library in the high school and I, at, at that time. So I'll cluster together. We'll get around the ma- microfiche and see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, the microfiche was inside the library, the little study well, you, area outside yeah, the library. You're, you're already graduated by this point, Andy. I had, yes. You and I was really already on. Yeah, I, I had entered the world of work for a year. So, yeah, this song, all over the place. Oh, dear. <laughs> Not a boner jam, I'm telling you that right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. All right. So, um, before we continue, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Catherine's husband, also Joe, was kind enough to record a little bit about the um, the hip hop of 1990. So, let's throw it over to Joe. Hello, this is also Joe, and since everybody on this podcast is whiter than a polar bear snorting cocaine in the middle of a blizzard, I thought I'd cover some of the hip-hop of 1990. 
Um, we'll start with MC Hammer, who re- released Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, which had the single Can't Touch This, which, of course, everybody has heard all the time. It would later go on to be made into a motion picture. It takes about 90 minutes to watch. Uh, Salt and Peppa re- released Black's Magic, which had the uh, awesome single Talk About Sex. It's a fantastic song and super catchy. If you know it, as soon as you heard it, it popped right into your head. Uh, the Digital Underground under- released The Humpty Dance, a.k.a. The Humpty Hump. I'm sure you recall that. Uh, that brings me to a tribe called Quest. Um, they are sort of a hip-hop supergroup. Um, they featured a lot of prominent ra- rappers, including some of my favorite, De La Soul. Um, they're a funky, Afrocentric sound. Kind of mellow. They're not quite Grateful Dead grade, but it, it, they sort of approach it. Um, Booyah Tribe released Psycho Funk. It's an underrated song. It's not the best, but I think it's better than where it wound up with. It only ever made it to 33 on the charts. Uh, Public Enemy released Fear of a Black Planet. I'm pretty sure Chuck D is not a musician. He's a prophet. Uh, Fight the Power holds up, and it's still an awesome, awesome anthem for anybody trying to do anything in this world. Um, Ice Cube put out AmeriKKK's Most Wanted, uh, Endangered Species, Tales from the Dark Side, also featuring Chuck D. Awesome song. They were talking about black people just getting absolutely murdered by the cops in 1990. It's been 30 years. We still haven't done anything about it. Um, NWA put something out. It was okay. I like their earlier stuff better. LL Cool J. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've heard the song Mama Said Knock You Out. That was the year it came out. Um, Big Daddy Kane put out his third album, Nobody Cares. Run DMC put out another album called What's It All About. That one's okay. They were on the downswing. They wouldn't. Their, uh, their career would only eventually pick back up when Aerosmith got involved with them. Um, Kid Rock put out his first album that year, um, Grit Sandwiches. And it was so offensive that a college radio station tried to play a single from it once called Yodelin' in the Valley. It's uh, pretty explicitly about oral sex. And they were fined $23,700 for one playing. They were, he was buddies with Eminem at the time, too. They used to rap battle each other for fun, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, Ice Cube then went on to put out another album that year as well. He was working really hard with Kill It Will. It was his only extended play album. Um, that one's fun because the last song, he manages to give a shout-out to just about every active rapper on the planet at that point in time and omitted N.W.A. And then at the end, he just trash-talks everybody he just didn't happen to mention. Uh, so that's a really brief retrospective of the biggest albums of 1990. Thank you very much for your time, and we'll return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right. Um, you know, <laughs> I had totally forgot that um, The Humpty Dance came out in 1990. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> now that you mention it. Now that you mention it, I, I just remember that song being like, everywhere because it was novelty hip-hop yeah yeah and it was yeah there was there was like a lot of the hip-hop that came out in 1990 was like 
extremely popular and it was stuff that white people could like get into. It wasn't about, you know, like a lot of the stuff that actually meant something and said something did not pop top the charts anywhere near. Right. At that time, at that year. Cause, uh, it's like, Hey cops, could you stop shooting us? Yeah. That, that didn't, that they were, they were singing about that back then. Yeah. I'm happy about it then. And oh, it's still a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it's because it's interesting because, again, it was, you know, we mentioned Vanilla Ice and his kind of like, I'm, you know, the song isn't really about the song. It's about me. MC Hammer had that in spades. I'm amazed that uh, You Can't Touch This didn't hit number one. How did it not hit number one? From the f- moment I first heard it, which was sadly my senior prom, um, <laughs> to like <laughs> the end of my freshman year of college. Two years later, I heard that song on, like, a daily basis. <laughs> well, you know, he did get a, 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 a full film, and uh, we forgot about the fact that he also had a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hammerman. How many episodes of that last, Catherine? 13 episodes of Hammerman. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Yes. He, oh he was a guy that got superpowers from his grandfather's magic talking shoes. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> and that came out in 1991. You can't right. fuck this shit up. No, apparently not. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, I, I heard that they had to cancel it, though, because they, they figured that the Korean animators that were doing it were considering it to be a crime against humanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the Humpty Dance. Okay, stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the song's... <laughs> That just I just remember that guy with his like Groucho glasses and the Groucho nose and getting busy in a Burger King bathroom. And it was the first time I think I'd ever heard lyrics on an on an MTV video blanked out, not for cursing, but because they didn't want to mention Burger King because it wasn't a paid advertiser. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Um thank you, Joe. Any uh, yes. any other hip hop yes, recollections you. we want to do first? Um, no. Uh, All right. Well, I mean, there's CNC Music Factory gonna make you sweat. Oh God, I, yeah. I really kind of feel like that really is more reserved for 1991 because that's when it really hit. Yeah, but it came out. Technically, it came out this year. I'm just right. saying. Right. I know, and that's that's again that's a weird thing with with like we talked about how weird 91 is. Yeah. Almost all of the big stuff got released at the tail end of ninety and didn't actually make it, you know, make its imprint on the pop the pulp pulse until ninety one. So Yeah. Anyway, does anybody have any social media feedback? Um Chris from Chris's Cultural Corner mentioned pretty much every song in the on the number one list here. <laughs> um <laughs> Except for a Taylor Dane song, uh, I'll Be Your Shelter. Oh, okay. I'm not okay. that okay. familiar with, but... No. Anybody have any uh, socials? Uh, yeah. Um, All right, I got? I got something uh, from Jonna. She brought up uh, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Okay. Uh, Hold On by Wilson Phillips. All the Man That I Need by Whitney Houston. And From a Distance by Bette Midler. Oh, wow. The other song from Beaches. Yep. Wait a second, there's more than one song from Beaches? Yes. Yep. Oh, yes, there are. Yes, there are. 
but and, again, uh, it's one of those things that when you start singing from a distance, you automatically bleed into Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I think, uh, oh, industry is very different. And the thing is that Beaches came out in 1988. Yeah. That's crazy yeah. that the, the album had this much um, life. Staying power. More than the movie. But, but, quite but honestly. yeah. Yeah, uh, Oh Industry, I think, is a good song from that. And also Otto Titzling is also a good song from that soundtrack. <laughs> but again, it came out in 1988. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Mike? Anybody else have any uh, singles that they're, um, they're our, well, our friends uh, on Facebook? or? Well, uh, Landing, uh, uh, Landing just brought up Vanilla Ice. That was it. Okay. Because of course he did. That, that, yeah, that, that seems like it'd be uh, up uh, Catherine, um, up, up uh, Landing's area. Don't blame yeah. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, please don't blame Catherine for this. Yeah, no. no. Sorry, <laughs> I misspoke. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, All right. So um, let's talk about some of our favorite singles that did not chart or did not chart as high. Uh, I'll kick us off with uh, Peter Murphy's Cuts You Up. No, nothing. No, nothing. Nope. I got nothing. No. Oh, okay. I thought now, this was this was kind of a big hit with the alt crowd in uh, late and in, in early ninety. Because Peter, well, Peter Murphy was the lead singer of Bauhaus, and everyone was into Love and Rockets at this point. So it was only it was only right that it had to be that pure marriage of uh, of gothic uh, rock. Yeah. Okay. I know, Joe, Joe, you've got a rather long list, so do you want to take one? Sure. All right, for my first one, it is uh, Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson. Again, a song I really thought came out way earlier than 1990. Well, it, it it makes sense because he actually started playing it in the 
he actually uh, wrote it and started playing it in live, you know, in live concerts in the early '80s. But he didn't actually release it until he released his first album, which was Avia Musicom, which came out in 1990. Okay. So, but no, I mean, it's, and, you know, for somebody like me who's, uh, who's, uh, you know, likes to play guitar, you know, or pretend that I like to play guitar, <laughs> this is, this is like a seminal song, you know, that really kind of defined the, his playing style. I mean, it is, it is his mainstream hit. It's kind of like, you know, after this, he kind of disappeared from, you know, from like the mainstream, but he still yeah. had a very much niche a niche cult following, you know, mm. and, you know, Jim and I went to see him a couple of weeks ago and, you know, you, 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 you know, being the music aficionado that Jim is, he said he ranks it as one of his top concerts that he, he ever went to. So that's that's high praise. Yeah, it, it was certainly high praise. All right. Catherine, what do you got? All right. First up. Well, let's let's talk a little bit more about Vogue. there's not there's not a whole lot more to say i don't think um but you know the video still is pretty cool yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with a black and white video no it can be quite uh artistic yeah well she was making like some of the best videos at this time too 1990 was an amazing year for her because it was like like a prayer it was huge that this tour, this is like the first tour I remember, like outside of the Rolling Stones, costing hundreds of dollars to go see. Right. Really? In 1990s dollars, yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, she she had draw at this point and was working it and and everything. So, mm. but I kind of I kind of feel like we talked about this enough before. Yeah. Right. And we have the whole album to talk about later on, spoiler alert. <laughs> yes, we do. So. And there's and everything about that was very, very different. Yes. Mike, what do you got? Um, well, beyond the uh, ones that we already covered, um I mean we we did cover You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer, didn't we? A little bit. I had mentioned that it just didn't go away for two years, but Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I mean it, you know, love it or hate it, it was influential. Mm. Oh, it was. It absolutely was. And it's, again, it's this is all a matter of timing. I feel like some artists that hit it big in 1990, there was no way they were going to get the staying power because they were, they were lightning in a bottle that yeah. somebody let out the very next year. Uh, we kind of brought this up with Sinead O'Connor, but... With MC Hammer, it's like, you know, he had the he had the, the first like, Please Hammer Don't Hurt him was huge. It was a yes, huge album. Was. You know? Um and then Too Legit to Quit comes out and it's just like, yeah, I heard these songs already. <laughs> yeah. And that was like a year late. That was ninety one. Yeah. So and by that point, more like, you know, Ice Cube had released the Chronic. You know, more and more hip-hop was getting heavier and darker and more, hey, stop shooting us, please. Mm. <laughs> so. But, yeah, but yeah, and also, you know, they had the hammer dance and the hammer pants, those pants. <laughs> God, the hammer pants. 
hammer, and the, the, the 12-inch hammer, uh, hammer action figure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Stop. Hammer time. So, all right. Uh, next up on my list is uh, Suicide Blonde by NXS. I'm amazed that this album X didn't go further than it did because Suicide Blonde was everywhere the summer of 1990. And now it still shows up in movie trailers. And, um, I mean, the, the, I, I honestly thought these guys were going to capitalize on the, the success from Kick three years before, but it just didn't happen. I don't know what, I, I don't know why. I mean, lack of singles might have been the big thing, but. Okay. Yeah. No, and the, Really, I mean, I remember this song, but I really don't remember a whole lot of other stuff from In Excess. No, I unless think... you go, unless you go, unless I go back to like the mid '80s, you know. Right. Yeah. I, well, I still think that they're out there. Like Shabu Shabba is a better album than uh, than uh, 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 Kick, but this is. I mean, Kick was huge. I mean, this is the one everybody, like everybody in high school, everyone in our group listened to that album. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So did my so did my babysitter. Ah. <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> Back in the eighties, she was big in the NXS. <laughs> All right, Joe. What do you got? All right, my next one is. It is. Money Talks by ACDC. <laughs> which which of their five songs is this one? Oh my! <laughs> I love ACDC, but come on. I remember they, they, you, gotta, they did, you gotta be they, you gotta know it. <laughs> they do have a a, a definitive sound. Uh, you yes, can, you can't say that. <laughs> I'd love to see them put out a five record set where every where every album is all the songs that fit into that one song. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they did. It was called the Iron Man soundtrack. Oh. oh. Um, I remember hearing this, though, because, like, this was, like, released, I think, in the fall of 1990. Yep. And I was working at Victory Supermarkets in the produce <laughs> section. And it was the only area in the entire store you could just listen to music. Because of, I was I was out of the way of everybody. So I'm, like, there just, you know wrapping vegetables and stuff like that and my my grocery manager had to have waaf on um on and this song was played constantly i believe yeah it, it, yeah it was and and bcn too it played a bcn played it a lot yeah it, but but, it, mean, but it's it, but it's funny too because it, it it was on aaf got a lot it got a lot of airplay on aaf but because at the time acdc was transitioning into like the classic rock genre yeah, it's also getting a lot of airplay on ZLX. <laughs> <laughs> the classic rock uh, of Boston. Pour, pour one out for WAAS. Yeah, <laughs> you bastards didn't shed a goddamn tear when FNX went off the radio. So I did. I don't remember yeah. hearing anything about that. All right, <laughs> Catherine, what do you get next? All right, next up, uh, let's talk some more about Nuno and talk about <laughs> more than words by Extreme. Uh. High school junior or senior in 1990. This is the song that you rub crotches to at dances. That's right. Yep. Yep. Because because we all know what we really mean by more than words, don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I don't. What, what does it mean? <laughs> well, Clinton will explain oh, it in a few oh. years with a cigar. No. <laughs> oh, innocent, our sweet innocent Mike. <laughs> oh my God! This. This song, first of all, I feel bad for the guy, the backing band. It's like this video is nothing but Nuno and Gary Sharon, and the other two dudes are just trying to make a living, and they're not even in the video, like at all. <laughs> Gary Sharon, Gary Sharon, aka not Sammy Hagar. Yeah, not Sammy Hagar. Not, not Eddie, uh, David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Did if you ever listen to um, Todd in the Shadows, he has a series called Train Records. Mm-hmm. where he talks about the album that destroyed a band and um van halen 3 is one of those <laughs> <laughs> oh goody yeah. oh, good, good one eddie yeah oh, god this song yeah. got so overplayed i remember like the spring of 1991 you know when 
when you were a senior, I was a senior. We'd be, do, you know, like me, James, Matt White, and everybody else would be like do, running around doing our senior things, like going to like the senior dinner and stuff like that. And then it's just this song got played everywhere, every chance, like every, any chance anybody had it to play it, it got played. And it's like, oh, stop, enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it kind of it, makes, it, 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 it makes me glad that I didn't go to my senior prom. It definitely got overplayed, but but I think it like you can listen to it now and it's it's not a bad song. I like it. it you know what? It's it's good classic. I <laughs> see now because it's only thirty years old, but classic rock. Yep. Oh, I mean, on, on, its, on its surface, it it really is kind of a sweet song and it really kind of is romantic, but it's just it 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 it's, like I said, it suffered it suffered from being overplayed. Yeah. And it becomes oh, yeah. It because because it got overplayed so much, it became smaltzy. Yep. Mm. <sighs> All right. So, uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I got Cherry Pie by Warrant. <laughs> no, there's oh, no there's no double entendre there. Not at all. Not <laughs> even on the album cover. <laughs> Google, Google the album Cherry Pie if you want to figure out what I'm talking about. Oh no 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 no! I I, I understand perfectly. Oh my! God. I, I strongly recommend googling Cherry Pie Supernatural so you can see the uh, the little uh, dream sequence that Dean <laughs> has. <laughs> and, and, of a and devil you, stripper and an angel stripper dancing to this song. It is I was gonna say, nice. you, and, you, and you may want to have the safe search on. Yeah. <laughs> this... or, yeah don't, don't do this at work. Do not do this at work. It was a television say. episode, so theoretically it's safe for work, but don't do it at the office. <laughs> Apparently that sounds like it came from experience, Catherine. Good news. Nobody's at the office. No, no, I, it's not from experience. I just, I watched the episode when it aired, and so I just, okay. I, so, I own it. DVD, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I, you know what? Yeah, say what you will about the song. I still love it. it it's a fun song. It is a fun song. No, and, yeah. And, and part of it, and part of the, I think part of it is the of the fun of it is it's really kind of the last gasp for hair metal. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. also the, one of the first nails in the coffin. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is the transition from hair metal kind of going away and people getting sick of it and you know you can kind of see grunge on the a bit a little bit on the horizon well it's just like this this song does encapsulate everything that anyone had ever said negative yeah about hair metal but that's why it's kind of fun yeah it is it is it is a very fun song Janie lane hated this song if you go to the dictionary and, and look up um artists who hated their biggest hits yeah this, oh my god! Because they, they had another song set, um, and the 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 record company refused to release the album unless they they saw a single. And they're like, "Well, we have this single." Like, that's not a single. All right, give me twenty minutes. I'll be right back. 
<laughs> Literally 20 minutes later came back. It's called cherry pie. I love it. <laughs> Stop yeah. right there. You've hit oil. <laughs> you know what? It, it's got a good beat and I can't dance to it because I just can't dance because I'm too white. Yeah. Okay. But it's still, but, I, it's still fun, enjoyable, and it's got a nice hard rock beat to it. So I'm cool with it. Jenny Lane's Celebrity Shit Club was very dis- depressing. That's why I can't watch any of those. Yeah. All right. Up on my list is Sinead O'Connor's The Emperor's New Clothes. I like this song better than nothing compares to you. I just, again, because it just, it's a, it's way more up tempo, especially for her. I'm not as familiar with this one. No, this, this was the very definition of the lowly secondary single on the album. Oh. Like nothing compares to you was huge. This was on the radio. And if you listen to like FNX, You'd hear this a lot. You'd hear it every once in a while on BCN, and I guarantee AAF never played it. No. But um, I wasn't listening to AAF at this time anyway. Uh, I just I just like this song. It's got a lot more rock behind it, and it's just again, it's just a, it's a little more upbeat for a Sinead O'Connor song. Hmm. Okay. So, all right, Joe, what do you got? All right, next up on my list is. Inside Out by the Traveling Wilburys. Look up your chimney. The sky ain't blue. It's kind of yellow. You know it's true. Right. From their their final excuse me, from their final album. And um this was like their last single, really, kinda like the last hurrah. And it really kinda encapsulates kinda you know, the nineteen ninety was really like the peak of adult contemporary rock. 
And you really don't get more adult contemporary than, you know, the biggest artists from the 60s and 70s forming a super group. No, not at all. You know? And releasing kind of like, you know, these... I don't know how to, how to describe them, but... Kind of a mishmash of all different styles. Though definitely has the hand of Jeff Lynn on all over it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's the one who had the least amount to do, so he made the... He, he, you know, he made as it work produ- right up. You know, as a producer, you know, this, yeah. he, he's it, it's got his fingerprints all over it. Yeah. But, but yeah, but no, no, I'm, it's, not, it's, I'm not that familiar with this Wilberry's album in general. I love the first one. Oh, the first one was was really kind of an, kind of came out of nowhere in terms of the quality of, you know, what a good of how a good an album it was. Yeah. This one, not so much. This one is really kind of forgettable. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was released after Roy Orbison's death, and it's just kind of like, mm, all yeah. right. So, but it, this was, I mean, this was the best song out of the album. It was their primary single, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. Cool. Cool. Catherine. All right. Next up for me is, uh, well, we've talked about it enough, I feel like. Nothing compares to you by Sinead O'Connor. Because, again, I will say that People were really into this in my high school and in my class. Yeah. It's, you know, again, it's just, it is a great song that was so far ahead of its time. It's not even funny. I seem to remember we actually had a, a, a like, one of my classes, maybe my English class, we were, like, encouraged to, like, talk about maybe videos or music videos or something. And so that was something that somebody brought in to talk about. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting video because it's just one shot of her close up. Right. And she's almost half off the screen to begin with. She's very she's very much off center. Yeah. Yeah, it was so. it was very interesting choices for the time and it was really cool. And I'm I'm sure very influential. Yeah. No, I I just I th- this is one of those 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 songs that leaves an indelible mark in you. Especially, yeah. you know, for, for, like, people who are teenagers of our time. Of our time. Of our drama club. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. And the Lit Mag. Don't forget the Lit Mag. <laughs> well, the Lit Mag, the Lit Mag, the staff was so small that you could actually see our faces in the picture, whereas... Oh, yeah. In the yearbook. Whereas <laughs> the, 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 the yearbook... The club is so big. It's everybody. Was... God, it was like 100 <laughs> people or something. So... All right. So, Mike, what do you got? Uh, yeah. Um, last one I'm going to cover is The King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Okay. Yeah, my uh, when uh, when she went to college, my sister had um, well before she went to college, she she my sister made a mixtape, and when she went to college, I kind of inherited it, and that was the 
uh, I think that was the first or second song on on the album. So uh, I just listened to that quite a bit. Okay. It was a fun song. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And came from the Pretty Women's Pretty Woman soundtrack. Better a better song than the movie is. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. that that's a that's that, a fairly low bar, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, don't don't watch that movie. Just you know, if you have to see that storyline, just watch My Fair Lady. Yeah. Right. Or watch the beginning of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. <laughs> it's supposed to feel so bad for her because they won't let her shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the l- last one on my list is Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. god this song blew me away when i heard it he's got such a great voice and it's it's just it's it's a product of this era of like this kind of not country but country sounding um troubadour he's very similar to like how what the kind of music that katie lang was putting out around this time you know prior to her hitting like you know the constant craving pop status it's just, it's very country influenced, but it also, you know, it came from the David Lynch film Wicked at Heart, and um, it just it sounds like a country song that a David Lynch movie would have in it. <laughs> wow, there's really no other way for me to put it, and that's it's, but it's a gorgeous song. Oh my God, do I love this song? And I wish he would do more. Yeah, I, honestly, it's 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 hard. I I don't know a lot of his music. Outside of the song, I know he was acting for a very long time, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I do like I do now. Is the, the primary is the primary single from this album? I don't want to fall in love. Uh, that's that's Wicked Game. Okay. Yeah. Because I like um, that. I actually really do like that song. Yeah. Oh, that Wicked Game only shows up, I think, in the second stanza. Really. Yeah, it's not the it's not the chorus. The chorus is the I don't want to fall in love with the right. high the high falsetto. Um but yeah, the wicked game is is it shows up right before he hits the chorus in the I think the second verse. Oh. So, yeah. Ah. Ah. You learn something. Ah. Joe, close out your list. All right. Last one on my list. <laughs> because you know it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be 1990 with a little pet pedophilia. Yeah. Cradle of Love by Cheer. Billy Idol. Oh, God.
I hate to say this is one of his best singles. I could have said L.A. Woman, okay? Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I've never liked Billy Idol's uh, covers. I hate really? Moni. I absolutely despise oh, I hate Moni. Moni. I hate Moni, Moni. But, um, oh my God, there's just something about this song. It's just like, and it's it's an upper echelon Billy Idol single. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I like it because it's got a good beat. It's it's hooky and stuff like that. Yeah. Putting aside the the video, the obvious jail, you know, jailbait video. Yep. It, the song itself is, like I said, it's a fun song. Yeah. If you don't understand the context. It play. you know, the interesting thing is it does play around a little bit with some conventions. There's there's piano in this song. You have to listen for it, but it's in right. there. It's in there. Yeah. You got you got to have your you got to have your headphones on to be able to hear, hear it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, I I agree. I like this song a lot. Yeah, like I said, if you if you if you ignore the context of the video itself, yeah. then this is this is a, a an enjoyable song. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. All right, Catherine, close out your list. All right, uh, something weird happened because I got two more left. Oh, okay. Well, continue. All right, so the first one, let's talk about Empire by Queensryche. Oh, boy, good song. It is, it is a really good it's song. A, it is a great song. <laughs> and and spoiler alert, we'll talk about the album later because. Yeah. But but this this one was, and I feel like Silent Lucidity got more radio play and more love. Well, but sure. I don't think it's 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 a good song. You know, when AAF was going off the air and they're like, text us your requests, and I was like, Queens right, please, and they played Silent Lucidity, and I was well, like, so, oh, well, they have so many good songs, and that's the one you play. Yeah, but my, it, yeah, it makes it, it makes sense from a certain you know from a certain commercial point of view in that Sign of Lucidity is a more radio friendly song than Empire. Oh, you you could play it on the pop stations. You, you right, can't exactly. play Empire on like whatever the hell the pop stations were back in 1990. Right, exactly. I just love the lead-in. Oh, it's just starting to hit me like a um um two-ton heavy thing. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and it's like a voicemail, and I was like, I know that voicemail lady, and then they just kill it. Yeah. After that. This is, this is a fantastic but, song. It's a fantastic song. They had a lot of fun with it at concerts, because they'd be playing it, and they would just be, like, lighting up the sides. East side, light up the one side. Weeds west side, light up the other side. Downtown, light up the middle. Nice. Just lighting up the audience and making them a part of it. <laughs> All right. All right. You want to close out your list, Catherine? 
And now I will close out my list with something that a lot of us love. Istanbul by They Might Be Giants. Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. Istanbul. Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. You just liked it better that way. Istanbul is Constantinople, now it's Istanbul. And Constantinople, been a long time gone. And Constantinople, why did Constantinople get the work? Was, was, <laughs> was it Istanbul or Constantinople? Oh, it was Istanbul, but now it's Constantinople. Oh, why Const- okay. Why did Constantinople get the works? Uh, that's nobody's business Nobody. but the Turks. <laughs> I was introduced to this and They Might Be Giants by uh, Tiny Toon Adventures. Yes. <laughs> That's right. They I had a lot of <laughs> Yeah, they had an entire episode that was only like they did music videos. And yeah. this was. And it is, it is just so fun because it is so fun to quote. Yeah. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. And it's a great. The beauty of this song is it's beyond accessible because children can enjoy the song too oh yeah right you know and it's just like you play this in the car nobody's not having a good time singing along to this one yeah no no absolutely if you play this song people are going to love this song yeah definitely and if they don't love this song you don't need them to be your friend no that's (laughs) true you don't need that toxicity (laughs) in your life (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Mike, do you have any others? Uh, nope. nope. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that closes out our singles episode, uh, part uh, side A of our music of 1990. We will return in about a week uh, with side B, the albums of 1990. So um, stay tuned for that. And don't forget to check us out on social media at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter or Geek Salad Podcast on Facebook. You can also check out the archive to this show at keeksalad.podbean.com. You can download us on the Podbean app, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, and iHeartRadio, as well as on YouTube, where you get the full audio for these shows, as well as uh, semi-weekly retro movie reviews. Uh, we got to get back into that. It's yeah. This whole COVID-19 thing has really sucked the passion of me doing anything right now. Um, oh, <laughs> Is that because my... you now have to become a worker? You, you you like have your full-time job and you're also now a teacher? No, it's not even that. It's honestly, it's, I haven't left my neighborhood in over a week. I haven't driven my car in over a week. Mm, and I'm yeah. just like starting to be like, I just need to get away. Um, <laughs> but I'm not because I'm going to be a responsible uh, citizen. So you can check us out all there. Um and so we will be back, like I said, in about a week with the albums of 1990. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Can't touch this. You can't touch this.
Well, why don't you just uh, go by Mike instead of Michael? No way. Why should I change? He's the one who sucks. <laughs>